Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Daniel uh, chapter 9 verse 3. Daniel chapter 9 verse 3. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with Him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and in ashes. Just one verse. So I turned to the Lord and I pleaded with Him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and in ashes. And Father, we just, just thank You for Your Word. And we just love, Father God, that where your spirit is, there's freedom. We don't want to just hear another word. We need the revelation of the Holy Spirit. So come by your spirit, we pray. Come and speak to us. Today, Lord God, I pray. Let the word be preached with boldness and without fear, Lord God. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation, Lord God. Let your gifts be in operation, even as I share. And I just thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we're in a season of prayer and fasting, and uh, what I love is that uh, churches all over the world are uh, understanding the, p- the power of prayer and fasting, and, uh, and we've seen a bit of a momentum over the years with, uh, with churches all over the world participating in prayer and fasting, and I think it's, uh, it's a powerful thing. Um, it's so important that as we pray and fast that we don't lose sight of what it's all about. Can I hear an amen? Uh, we we, we want to make sure that we stay focused uh, because fasting uh, without a purpose is just dieting. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with dieting, uh, but we want to make sure that fasting actually has a purpose. And our primary purpose is to press into God. Why, why do we pray and fast? Our primary purpose is to press, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you, uh, says the Lord our God. So, so Daniel, the scripture we read in our text says, so I turn to the Lord. Now, I just love that because Daniel was doing whatever it is he was doing. Uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, whatever he was involved in and so, and so on. But there's a sense that he was facing some situations. And he says, so, so I decided to turn to the Lord. And I pleaded with him in prayer and fasting and petition and, and in sackcloth and, 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 and uh, in ashes. And we understand that his prayer was powerful. We understand that prayer is powerful. That something happens when the body of Christ begins to pray. Can I hear an amen? We dedicated a lot of Wednesday nights in January to prayer, and I I think it's fantastic. Something happens as the body of Christ begins to pray. I still don't fully understand the power of prayer. It's a bit of a mystery at times to me, but I know that it works. That when we pray, coincidences happen. We also understand that when we combine fasting and prayer, we tap into another dimension. Uh, fasting is not an idea that was created by the church. Fasting is a doctrine in the Bible. And there are many examples of people praying and fasting in the Bible and seeing powerful results. Esther prayed. Esther fasted. Daniel fasted. Ezra fasted. Jesus fasted. And the list goes on and on. And every, every time they did, something powerful happened. Uh, now, there are different ways that you can get involved with fasting. The Bible speaks of uh, different kinds of fasts uh, that we can get involved in. Uh, There is, of course, the complete fast uh, where you uh, only have uh, uh, water and and maybe juice. Um, And, um, you know, Jesus fasted for 40 days. Um, I'd I'd just be careful before you 
before you entered into a 40-day fast with, with just uh, juice and water, you, you make sure you know what you're doing and make sure it's a God thing and not, and not just a, a, a your, your, your decision. Uh, there's also a partial fast where uh, what, what Daniel did was actually uh, a partial fast. Uh, he ate no meats, no sweets, no breads and, and no alcohol. And so that's a partial fast where you, you decide to put aside certain, certain foods or certain things in your life. And then there's a selective fast where it's not so much about the food, but about the time where you decide, well, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna fast breakfast or, or lunch or dinner or a couple of those meals every single day and use that time uh, to actually seek God. And then, of course, there's a soul fast, which I thoroughly recommend for everyone. You know, just, just ditch that phone for 21 days. Just throw it in the bin for 21 days. See, watch what happens to your life. You'll still survive after 21 days. You'll still be alive. And uh, you won't lose any real friends anyway over that 21-day period. Really important thing is that we use that time to seek God. And, and prayer and fasting is, uh, is, is a way of disciplining our natural desires and, and using that time to seek God. And when we do something happens in the spiritual realm, something begins to shift in the spiritual realm. God speaks, God intervenes, some things are broken and some things are released. I know in my own life... Uh, I, not regularly, but on a, on a, on from time to time, I'll, I'll have fast for a day or, or two, uh, and I, it's been a powerful discipline in my life. I know something changes inside of me as I begin to pray and fast. I know that I'm closer to God. I, I know that I know that there's something shifts in the spiritual realm as I begin to pray and fast. And and I, I want to encourage you to get involved with this. Maybe maybe you've never done anything like this in your life. Well, why don't you just take a step? Maybe begin to put aside certain certain foods or certain meals and and come on, get involved. And let's believe that God is going to do some great things in and through our lives. Now, now prayer and fasting, or the power thereof. It's true, not just for us individually, but also true for, cor- for us corporately as a church. And as I was thinking about this time of prayer and fasting, uh, there were four things that came to my mind that I believe we should pray for, for emphases during this particular time that we should pray for and, uh, and believe God for. Um, the reality is, uh, if we're going to experience this corporately, then first we need to experience this individually. And so I want to give you these four things. Uh, to focus on as we pray, and then we're going to be breaking bread uh, together this morning. So first prayer uh, that I want us to pray comes from the life of Abraham. It's Abraham's prayer, or it comes from from his life. Uh, God appears to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, and he says to him, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. So, so God appears to Abraham, and he says to him, I want you to, I want you to leave where you are, and I, I, I'm going to lead you somewhere. I'm going to bring you somewhere, because um, I want to do something with your life. And he begins to give him a whole bunch of promises about what he wants to do in his life. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. You will be a blessing. And people all over the world, will be blessed through you. I don't know about you, but for me, that's a powerful promise. Can I hear an amen? It's an amazing promise. And I want, I want us to take hold of that promise and start to believe it for our own lives. I want, I want us to make this our own prayer. I want us to believe that God is going to bless us, that God is going to pour out His favour on us. If there's one thing that we need as a church, more than anything else, it's the blessing and the favour of God. 
Thank God for our own abilities. Thank God for talent. Thank God for, you know, the people that we have in this church. Thank God for the skills and all the rest of it. Thank God for IQ and we thank God for education. Thank God for all of that. But if there's one thing that we need as a church, more than anything else, it's the blessing and the favor of God. We need God to shine His face upon us. Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain. What we need is for God to build the house and what we need is God to bless the house and pour out his favor upon our lives. I love the story of Joseph when the Bible says that, that, that Joseph prospered because God was with him. In other words, the secret of his prospering was completely related, not so much to him personally, but it was related to the fact that God was with him. If there's something that we need, church, if there's something that Life Christian Center needs, it's we need God to be with us in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen? Very quiet this morning. I want to believe that God is going to bless us. That God is going to take us from where we are and bring us to another place. Now, we don't want to move church, so don't, 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 don't start getting stressed, okay? It's all right. We're going to move into the Bakehouse Theater in Jesus' name. No, we're going to take a hold of that in Jesus' name. But it's not necessarily moving us geographically, but moving us spiritually. Moving us in our thinking. Our prayer is that God is going to bless us. Now, there are some of you who believe that everyone else is blessed except you. That God answers everyone else's prayers, but not mine. That God uses other people, but not me. And, you, you know, if, if that's you today, I, I, I want to encourage you to, to begin to grab a hold of this promise and start to declare it over your life. There's a great scripture in the Bible about the life of Abraham and, and uh, God appears to him in Genesis 12. He gives him this promise. You're going to be the father of an amazing nation and no children, no son, nothing. And then later down the track, the Bible says that, that God takes Abraham and he takes him outside and he shows him all the stars in the sky and he says, so shall your descendants be. And the Bible says, and Abraham believed God. He still didn't have the promise, but he believed that God would fulfill the promise. Some of us look at our lives and we say, you know what, I don't think God could bless me. Some of us look at our lives and we say, I don't think that I deserve the blessing of God. So, some of you have disqualified yourself from the blessing and the favor of God. Some of you have said, you know what, I've crossed the line too many times. I don't believe I could be blessed by God. Listen, no one deserves the blessing of God. We are here by the grace of God. Can I hear an amen? We are here because of the mercies of God, not because of what we've done, not because of our own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And in Christ, we have all the blessings of heaven available to us. We are, in the New Testament, the Bible says, children of Abraham. And therefore, the blessings that were on him can be upon us. And I, I pray that we would begin to believe it. And not only begin to believe it, but just start to confess it in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that your blessing would be upon my life. I pray that you, Father God, would, 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 would pour out your favor on my life in the name of Jesus. Now, it's not bless me, Lord, so that I can drive a Ferrari. It's not bless me, Lord, so I can live in a bigger house. God, God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. It's, 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 you know, our prayer many times, it's the motivation of our prayer. And motivations of our prayer can be self. It's bless me, Lord, so that I can be a blessing to others. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with receiving the blessing of God. Thank God for His blessing. He wants to bless us. It's not a sin to be blessed by God. It's not a sin to be wealthy. It's not a sin, uh, you know, to be in a good house, etc. None of that's a sin. It's, it's why and what do we do with that? God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing in the name of Jesus. Now, we don't fully understand the word bless in English. We say bless you when someone sneezes. But there's so much more to that word. It means to have all the resources to do that which God has called us to do. It means that God is going to do things in our life that are going to blow our mind away. It means God using us in ways that we could never imagine. And I want, to, I, want to, I want faith to begin to rise in our hearts. I want us to begin to believe that God could do something with our church, with our lives, that would blow our mind away in Jesus' name. Corinthians says this, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. How many people love God today? Amen. Amen. Blessing was so important in Old Testament times that you remember when Jacob stole the blessing from his brother Esau, that Esau wept. He wept because he understood something of the power of God's blessing. So I want us to pray in this time of prayer and fasting that God is going to shift us, that God is going to move us, He's going, to, he's going to give us a fresh vision. He's going to bring us to a place of blessing, favor, supernatural provision, so that this church can be a blessing to others in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Second prayer I want us to pray comes from the life of Isaiah. Uh, God spoke to Israel through Isaiah, and this is what he says, Isaiah 54 verse 1. He says, sing, O barren woman, you... Uh, who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in the desolate cities. I love the scripture because it describes for us the heart of God. People of Israel were uh, in exile, they had sinned against God, they had turned away from God and began to worship idols. God warned them again and again through the prophets. They refused to listen, and so they were carried off into exile, into Babylon. And here they were in exile, suffering the consequences of their sin. They were in a place of barrenness, hopelessness, despair and desolation, and they were distressed and looking uh, like as if there was no hope for them any longer. And God begins to speak a word into their hearts. I just love this about God. People have all these preconceived ideas about who God is and what God is like. And, and, and here's a situation where Israel has sinned against God and, and they, are, they, they are receiving the punishment of their sin. And it's, and it's into this context that God begins to speak to them. And he says, I'll sing, O barren woman. He says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your curtains wide, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stake, because you're going to spread out to the left and to the right. What a great example, what a great promise for all of us here today. I pray that God would enlarge us in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. I pray that God would enlarge. I pray that something would shift in our minds and in our hearts, that our territory, our building, there's something very powerful about land. Keep on praying for that whole situation with the Bakehouse Theatre. And I want you to pray for that. That's important. I, I, think, I think there's something significant about land. But, but more than that, I pray that God would stretch us in our thinking, that we would have more influence than ever before. That we would enlarge our tent, that we would, en that we would en en enlarge our cause, that we would enlarge our territory in the name of Jesus. 
that our influence would begin to reach spheres and areas that's never happened up till now. In Jesus' name. That God would stretch our thinking in ways that has never happened before. That, that we would say, you know, that we, that we would never say, no, I, I don't think we can do that. But we would begin to believe for more in Jesus' name. There are some of you here today, you put yourself in a box and said, well, these are my boundaries. There, there, there are some of you who have said, you know, this is about all that I can do. There, there, there are some of you who are saying, I, I, I don't think this is ever going to happen in my life. And the word of the Lord to you this morning is, is, is it's, it's enlarge your territory. Because you're going to shift to the left and to the right in the name of Jesus. Stretch out your curtains. Enlarge the cords in Jesus' name. Because God wants to do something with our lives. Think about my own life, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm, the, I'm the same as you. I, t- I tend to see things, um, when I look at a situation, my, my, uh, my initial response usually is negative. Not negative, I see all the problems. Do I have anybody like that with me? Is there anybody in the congregation here with me? Three of us, only three of us in the congregation. We need prayer. I, I, I tend to see all the, you know, immediately, oh, I don't think this could happen because of that or because of that. Uh, 12 years ago, Pastor D started on staff and he came in on staff. It's just what I loved about Pastor D was he always, I always said, well, I don't think we can do this. I don't think it could. And he always said, no, I think we can. No, I, I think we can do it. You know, everybody know Pastor D, he's a, he's a can-do man. And, uh, you know, and, and sure enough, it would come to pass. I pray God would stretch us. Come on, church. We got, a, we, got, we got the enemy that's coming against us continuously saying, no, no, you got to get smaller. you got to get smaller. No, your thinking is too, no, no, it's never going to happen in your life. No, you've crossed too many lines. It's never going to happen in your life. The Bible is saying, I love this because God went to a sinful Israel and he says, listen, this promise is for you. Enlarge your, your, your curtains wide because I'm gonna, you're going to shift to the left and you're going to shift to the right. God wants to do something with our lives in the name of Jesus. Third prayer I want us to pray comes from the the life of Solomon. It comes from a time when the temple was dedicated to the Lord. And we know that David wanted to build the temple, but God didn't allow him to. And instead, Solomon, his son, built the temple. And on the day of the dedication, something powerful happened. Bible says when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Priests would not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. And when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their their faces to the ground and they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord saying, He is good, His love endures forever. I I love the phrase in, in, in those words, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. What we need in church more than anything else is for the glory of the Lord to fill the temple. We need, to, we need the power of God to be manifest in our hearts and in our life. We need the presence of God to come every time we gather together as a church. Bible says of Samson, a man that was dedicated to the Lord from birth, the Bible says that from time to time, the Spirit of the Lord would begin to stir in his heart. And when that happened, God began to do some extraordinary things in his life. And the Spirit of the Lord would begin to stir in his heart. And he would be able to do great exploits for God. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord would begin to stir in our hearts. I pray that the glory of God would not only come on us as a church, but would come in our own hearts and in our own lives. So that we could do extraordinary things for God.
As a church, one of our values is excellence. We want to do everything with an excellent spirit. We always want to give God our best. Something we encourage, all the teams and all the workers here at church. But in doing so, never at the expense of the glory and the presence of God. Never at the expense of the glory and the presence of God. Excellence can never be a substitute for the glory and for God's presence. The question for us is, how does the glory come? How can we have more of God's presence amongst us? Acts chapter 1 gives us a key into how this actually happens. Acts 1 says, They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. And when the day, this is Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a, of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Well, how, how did the glory come? The Bible tells us they were in one place and they were crying out to God. They were praying and they were seeking God. And as they were praying and seeking God, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Never underestimate the power of seeking after God. As we cry out to God, we want to pray, Lord, we need your glory. We we need, we need your glory. We need your glory to come upon this church. We need your spirit to come upon this church. We need your presence to come upon this church. We need the glory of God in our lives. We need the presence of God in our lives. We need the Spirit of God in our lives. As I said before, you know, we talk, we talk about revival and, and certainly we want, to, we want to see God move, but revival begins in my own heart. And revival starts as, as I press into God, as I cry out to God, as I say, God, you know, I want, I want to get closer to you, Lord God. I want to know you in a greater and a deeper way, Lord God. I, want, I, want, I, want to, I thank you, Father, for what you've done in my life to date. But Lord, I want to know you more. I want to get closer to you, Lord God. I don't know about you, but there are some times when, I, when I'm in the presence of God and, and I feel like God is a million miles away. Anybody feel like that sometimes? Just feel like God is away. I don't, for whatever reasons, busyness and so on, I feel like I've drifted away from God and I, I kind of imagine myself here and I say, I say, God, I just want to draw nearer to you. I want to, I want to get into your presence, Lord God. Because as we get into that space where God is, things begin to happen. And talk a little bit about that next week, a lifestyle of prayer. But as we press into God, things begin to happen in our lives. As we cry out to God, as we, as we seek His face, we begin to feel the presence of God. And it's in that space that God begins to speak to us. Strongholds are broken. Um, God gives us ideas about what He wants to do in, in our lives and to help us through situations. People say, oh, Pastor Joe, God speaks to you. I've never, I've never really heard God speak to me. Well, I want to encourage you, you know, uh, uh, to, 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 to just develop it. Hearing God's voice is a skill that you can learn. And it's, and it's learned as you spend time in the presence of God. It's, it's learned as you, as, you, as you learn to just go into His prayer, begin to, begin to hear the voice, begin to cry out to God and begin to hear His voice. And God will begin to speak to you about the things that need to happen in your life. It's pressing to God in a greater way. Final prayer comes from the life of Daniel. We know that Daniel was a mighty man of God. He was a man of prayer that was used by God in a powerful way. And one time God spoke to him about some things and he didn't understand. So he begins to pray and fast. Bible says, at that time, I Daniel mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks 
were over. 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great, uh, the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz against, around his waist. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. And a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words. I am about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. There are quite a number of things that come out of this particular text, and I love it. Maybe there are some of you going through something in your life that doesn't make sense. Maybe there are some of you facing some situations in your life that don't make sense. You're trying to understand what's happening. Notice what Daniel did. He began to seek God. He began to do a partial fast. He ate no choice food, drank water only. He checked the... 21-day cooking book, just to check uh, any good recipes in there. During that time, he cried out to God. It gets towards the end of the 21 days, and he's exhausted. And notice two things that happen. God touches him, and God speaks to him. Listen, we, 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 can, we can approach this 21-day fast as just, well, it's just the church is doing it. i got to do it. I'll just do something or whatever. We can, appro- uh, we can approach this casually and something's better than nothing, please. Or we can approach this with a sense of faith. A sense of faith. We're saying, God, I need a touch from you. God, God, God I need a word from you. As, as, and as we, as, we begin to, as we begin to do that, God, something will happen in our lives. God will begin to speak to us. Angel says to him, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Daniel, from the first day you started to seek me, I heard your words. Your prayer was heard. Can I, can I encourage you, church, that every time we pray, God hears our prayer. It may not feel like God can hear us. It may not feel like our prayers are making a difference. It may not feel like, like something's changing in our lives. But can I encourage you to keep on praying? Some of you might be at day 18 or you might be at day 19 in, in, in your time. But just hang in there, keep on praying because there's a day 21 coming where God is going to press in. He says, I've come in response to them, but there was one who was opposing me. And that's the part I, was, I want to focus on. As we seek God, as we cry out to God, we need to be mindful that there's an enemy that will seek to oppose us, that will seek to oppose the work that God is doing. The enemy will come against us in so many ways. He'll come against us with fear and accusation and condemnation. He will seek to oppose the work of God at every level. The enemy's never going to encourage us. The, never, the enemy's never going to... Uh, going to cheer us on. He's always going to try and oppose the work of God. But just as the enemy has weapons, so do we. The Bible says the weapons we fight for, they're not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds in Jesus' name. The church has some powerful weapons. One of the weapons we have is praise. 
One, one of the weapons we have, if you're feeling like you're under attack, and don't be surprised, some of you, as, you, as you're going through this time of, of the Daniel fast, you, there's going to be all kinds of thoughts and all kinds of stuff is, might start happening around you. I just want you to understand that we're involved in a spirit that the devil's not going to be happy with you, you know, doing a Daniel fast. And if you've chosen not to have sweets, guess what he's going to tempt you with? You're going to smell coffee wherever you are. It's going to tempt you to give up. It's going to come against you. How dare you do this fast? Who do you think you are? It's going to remind you of all your sins. He's going to remind you of all your mistakes. He's going to remind you of your past. But can I say something? Not only does the enemy have weapons, so does the church of Jesus Christ. And as the enemy comes against one of the weapons that we have is the weapon of praise and worship. Father, we praise you, Lord God. Just begin to sing a song of praise unto God in Jesus' name. And you watch the enemy flee in Jesus' name. Truth is a weapon. I'm a child of God, washed in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness in the name of Jesus. Prayer is a weapon. Fasting is a weapon. Standing still is a weapon. So is the Word of God. Jesus was about to begin his ministry and the enemy comes against him. Does a 40-day fast, and then the enemy comes to tempt him. And Jesus says, it is written. It is written. That's why knowledge of the Word of God is so powerful. We need to pray over this time that God is going to strengthen us, protect us from every work of the evil one. Isaiah 54, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Four prayers. It's Abraham's prayer, we pray blessing and favor. Isaiah's prayer, stretch out your tent. Solomon's prayer, fill this place with your glory. Daniel's prayer, protect us from every work of the evil one. And I believe that as a church, as we pray these prayers, God will answer. God will answer. You know, these prayers are not new. Someone in the Bible that prayed these exact same prayers. All four of them, his name was Jabez. Bible says, and Jabez cried out to God, Oh, that you would bless me, and that you would enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. And the Bible says, and God granted his request. I love, I love the story of Jabez. It's just a, just a powerful prayer. You know, the Jabez, the, the name actually means pain. Described... Who he was, it described his heritage, it described him. And I, lo I love the fact that he could have prayed for so many things. But he doesn't pray about his pain, he doesn't pray about what was going on inside of him. He prays about his future. Oh, that you would bless me. Oh, oh, oh that you would en enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon us. And that you would protect us from harm. I pray that we would, over this time, I've just felt right from the beginning that we should pray this prayer. It's a prayer that you can pray in one minute. It's a prayer that you can pray in 40 minutes. You can spend 40 minutes in this. Just pray. Father, would you bless us, Lord God? We are blessed by God. But our, our prayer is that, would, that God would pour out His blessing and favor upon us. I, I, I pray that God would enlarge us. Stretch out your cords. Because I want to do something new. God's glory would be upon us and that the Lord would protect us 
from harm. That God will do something in our, in our time that would be significant in the name of Jesus. By His grace and for His glory. Communion is always a special time. Like prayer and fasting, it's an opportunity to get closer to God. And this morning, as we take communion, I'd like, I'd like you to pray these prayers over your own life. Begin to pray, God, would, would, you do, would you do this in my life? And pray it over the church in the name of Jesus. And ask the brethren that are going to help us distribute the emblems to come forward today. And we're going to sing a song. Worship team is going to lead us in song. And then we're going to break bread and take communion together. Thank you.